Mm-hmm. Are you aware that the current bachelor in uh, America is called Matt James? <gasps> we're the bachelor, oh, bro. Oh my god! You, you and I. We, Look at we're, us. We're uh, we're proud to announce that we are the bachelor of this season. Uh, Matt James coming Matt at James. you. Yeah, I mean. Oh my god! What we do here is go back, 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 back. And we're back. And we're back with another episode of the Bros and Brews podcast coming to you on a lovely Monday morning. It's uh, Wellington anniversary weekend down in Wellington, so an extra little public holiday for all the people bouncing around in the city. Unfortunately, no such uh, no such luck for you, but I mean, it's a day <laughs> off for both of us anyway, so it True. doesn't really matter. Not really. Really? Exactly. Um, I mean, exactly. claim it as an anniversary day and do exactly what we would normally do on a Monday, which is this this beautiful thing. Um, how are you, man? How, how have you been the last week? Tell me all things, all things Matt. Yeah, all things Matt. All things Matt has really just been work, 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 work. Um, but as we know from last week, that's all coming to an end soon. Um, but this was actually my last three day weekend for the next uh, seven weeks. Right. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, in end of last year, I went down to four days, three-day weekend, which has been very nice for myself. Um, but, yeah, because of the commitments, I've decided to um, say yes to, I guess, with work. For the next seven weeks, I'm going to mm. be doing manager's hours and looking after stores, um, which means I'm only going to have Sunday, Mondays off going forward. So it was nice to kind of just enjoy the Saturday, enjoy the Sunday, and uh, have a podcast day today. But, yeah, other than that, really just... Bit of work, um, and not a lot, not, not a lot else, not a lot else, not a lot else. Not yeah, we, we didn't even say last week that uh, this year, season two of of the pod, we're trying to be more efficient with our time. And in the past, like last season, we we started off recording on one day and giving ourselves a couple of days buffer before we uh, posted the show. Uh, I'd say the back half of last year, we we condensed down to recording on Mondays, editing on Mondays, but we could never quite get it out in time on the same yeah. day. And yeah, this this season we're trying to trying to tighten up the screws even more and and record on a Monday, do all our editing, get all the art and everything, and have it up on on you know Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the servers and stuff all done on a Monday evening in time for a a well deserved uh, beverage rather than rather than rolling on into Tuesday and. Yeah, last week was was a bit of a bit of a slog. That was the word I was using to describe yep. it. I mean, we had yep. some extra things to do, you know, the new music and a new format and and being slightly longer than normal. Um, so we're hoping today that we'll we'll smash it through and and yeah, have time for for well, on your end a nap because you yeah, you, I, you whispered yes. to me before the yep. before we I, started that. <laughs> Twas twas not a great sleep for you last night. No, twas not. The Sandman was not on my side last night. Um, but hey, that's fine. I'm here. I'm ready. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm good. I'm awake. I've got my V next to me. Uh, I'm ready to to do some stuff. Nice. Um, but I got to ask, how are you? How was last week? Yeah, good man. Um, it was quite a busy week to be honest. Had had some some creative stuff on. Uh, I did Ooh. three days of work last week on bit of a creative project which uh unfortunately i can't talk about um 
which is always a bit of an ultimate test. No, <sighs> nothing amazingly exciting, but still oh, exciting enough that if I could That's talk exciting. about it, I would. Um, yep, but I thought yep, I would yep. mention it as sort of like a timestamp. So at a certain point um, in time when we can come back and be like, hey, remember when I mentioned that thing uh, at that time? Well, that's what I was working on. So <laughs> we've pinned it. We've pinned it in the we've, board. We've pinned it in as yep. vague as possible uh, <laughs> way. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun last week. Uh, had a theater audition yesterday, which uh, I would be lying if I if I was to say I wasn't that fussed about. Um, yeah, it was an audition for a show that I'd love to be part of um it's a great story uh the production would be great so yeah I, i'm hearing in theory should hear back today or tomorrow about it so yeah i think this year i'm trying to be more open with people when i'm auditioning for stuff i think last mm. year i sort of took the line of like don't mention auditions to people because you probably won't get them and then people will ask you about them and then when you don't get them then you have to be like oh i didn't get that oh, i didn't get that oh, i didn't yeah, get that. yeah 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 but i think this year i'm taking more of a line of of just sharing with people what I'm up to, like not yeah. oversharing, but if people are like, Oh, what are you up to? What's happening today? If I have something like that on just being positive and open and honest and, and not trying to like, you know, not mention anything in case you don't get the thing. Um, I realize that's ironic having just shared something and then given no details. But I think with auditions, <laughs> there can be such a fear of, Oh, don't tell people you're auditioning for something because you might jinx yourself or you might, um, you know, get your hopes up too get much. Get hopes up, yeah, um, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I would love to do this show, and and definitely, like, if I if I don't get it, I'll be disappointed. If I get it, I'll be ecstatic. Um, but I'm trying to be more honest and open with people about being like, yeah, I'm auditioning for this and this, and things are happening. Mm. And just because if you don't get them, doesn't mean they're not worthwhile. Um, so yeah, that was a big part of of my weekend was prepping for for that, and was also the first theatre audition that I'd done through my agents. Um, since signing with it most of the stuff in new zealand at least stuff that's come through to me has been um screen you know tv and, and film stuff so yeah it was very interesting to do a theater audition after doing so many self-tapes yeah, yeah. such a different beast of mm. of the self-tape stuff is um you know it, it feels so clinical you have to get it in the right shot in the right amount of time pick your favorite one edit it together send it off and to go in yesterday and spend half an hour with the director and actually chat about the play and do a couple of versions and you know that's it's much more your and my oh, yeah. cup of cup of tea but it was a bit yeah, yeah. it was a bit daunting to actually be like right i have to actually make an impression on these people about who i am <laughs> rather than just on a screen where i know they will decide in the first few seconds of oh yes this person looks right or no they don't so yeah it was a very different experience and and i thought it went pretty well i mean it's always hard to oh, you've done plenty of auditions in your time you know it's hard to like afterwards just chuck it in a plastic bag and put it in the bin and be like right i'm gonna leave yeah, that right, we done, just done. we can't yeah. help but analyze um but yeah yeah it was it's been a good seven days in terms of different creative things and bits nice. and, and and stuff and yo love that that's sick that's yeah. so cool man yeah and, and, I, and i respect you obviously talking about auditions and stuff i mean for, for, for me I've, I've kind of been the same in the sense of and i know people that have been the same that don't really share that they've done you know auditions and things like that but i mean the, the thing is is that like we're gonna be auditioning for things for a very long time yeah you know so we're going to get no's we're going to get yeses so i think you know we come to terms with that i mean the worst thing that they can say to us is no yeah you know? exactly that, that's the worst thing that can happen and yeah. i guess it's just coming to the face of that uh it's not always going to be yeah 
So I think I think she yeah I think that I think that's cool man. I mean you telling me that you've had an audition makes me excited, you know? Like I think that's cool. Yeah, and I think it's I think part of the battle is with people who don't understand uh not in a bad way, but people who just don't have any, you know, inside or friends or family that are that are actors or musicians or whatever that I guess it's an acting specific thing in terms of auditioning. I always find it's really hard for us to explain that auditioning is basically our job. Like yeah, 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 the yeah. work sure. isn't when you get a contract on a TV show or a film. That's almost like the luxury afterwards. The job is being a full-time auditioning actor. Landing and it's it. so yeah. hard to like explain to people that you, your job is a not paid, almost always rejection um, <laughs> lifestyle. Like I yep. guess you'd, it would be the same as explaining to someone who's like, on linkedin applying for new jobs being like yeah what if if you did that at least once every couple of weeks expecting no's because the chances are you'll get a no um it's not reflective of you that's just the competitive industry like that is my job Mm. like it's Mm. so hard to explain that to people and i think that is why so often we as young actors don't tell people that we're auditioning or it's like oh yeah i've got something to do today we're not super specific about it but yeah i think this year i'm trying to be more like open and uh optimistic about like yeah this is what i do this is what it takes it's really huh. hard it takes all this effort and sharing with people that that is a uh a significant part of of what life is as as a young actor so yeah there you are yeah. bros and bros audience um <laughs> respect the auditioning audition, auditioning actor yeah um because it man it's it's so hard eh? you get so invested in these projects and you you know you read the script or you you know what the the show is because you've seen the first season or you Mm. you can't help but but be invested and it's finding that gray area between going and when with an interest in being excited about the project but not being so overstimulated by it that if you if you do get a no you're not like devastated and can't i'm done i'm not doing this again yeah 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 um (laughs) but yeah that was my that was my week and, and that was kind of my my yesterday so it's nice to come on the morning after and and chat about it about nice. it a, a little bit um well your your week your week just there is what i want my weeks to be uh, after seven weeks so that's yeah. cool to hear it's, it's cool all to hear. it's all coming um but yeah i guess that's kind of how i how i am generally um anything i know i asked you before anything any interesting tidbits that you that you have just remembered about your week or anything to share or you're happy to keep on sliding through there was one st- so on i think wednesday night last week uh, i went out for some drinks with my manager mm. and also the manager from max as well no one else we invite we invited staff but no one else came no one else came from the two teams of stores uh so there was only three of us and we had gift vouchers to use so all three of us went and had some nibbles and drinks and it was very lovely it was very nice um and man it just turned into just a few rounds of drinks and just telling some work stories and gosh did we piss ourselves laughing there was one story at the christmas party a few weeks ago uh one of the managers was standing outside with another staff member just making sure that he got home and he was all right and you know that 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 he was good he wasn't drunk um but just making sure that he was okay and she asked him, he was, she was like, oh, well, do you have Uber? He was like, oh, no, I don't. Oh, I'll download it now. So he started downloading Uber and he was going through the whole process of downloading it and ordering and all of that kind of stuff. And then she just said that he just went silent and he just went, 
oh, she was like, what's wrong? He was like, um, I think I just signed up to be a driver. <laughs> and and she, she, she lost it. We were all at the table. We just started pissing ourselves. I just, I couldn't believe that this guy, obviously, never experienced Uber before, somehow managed to sign him up to be a driver. I just would have, I just would have loved it if his response was there and he was just like, oh, yeah, um, I just got to go pick up um, Jeff from around the corner. Um, I'll, I'll be back and I'll see you soon. I didn't even know that was part of the app. Well, I neither neither did I, neither did I, but that was that was the story that she told. So I think she ended up calling one for him and managed to get him home. That is so funny. I've never even I've I don't know anyone that's a driver. I don't know anyone that's driven for Uber. I would have thought that it was more of a process than however long it took this dude like on the side of the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home, to, to maybe Uber's just streamlining people through now. It's like, do you want to be a driver? Yes, excellent. Yes. Your first pickup is in 12 minutes. You need to drive out to the other side of town. Yeah, so that was that was a very good kind of. It's it's very. I, I always enjoy being with like head office people or managers or like you know just uh, you know higher staff. Um, and just being on a really nice relaxed basis and just having drinks yeah. and talking and stuff like that. It's such a nice feeling for when you get into work. It's just kind of comfortable yeah and it's almost that guilty feeling of being there it's like i know something you know like yeah. i've seen you in a state kind of thing so yeah yeah it, it was it was that was a really nice part of the week last week yeah that's that's so nice when you especially just with like people that you you don't necessarily feel like you're on the exact same level within a working relationship like all it takes is one good uh you know it can, doesn't have to be at night, you know, a good brunch or, or going mm, out for mm. dinner or, or having a few drinks, like you said, and meeting people and be like, oh yeah, outside of this sphere of all this, this normal stuff, you're a, a really nice person. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's almost like knowing someone's dirty laundry. Little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Ah, this will get me through the day because I know, I know your secrets. <laughs> Every single thing about you is now within my control. <laughs> Oh, well, idiots to everyone else that didn't go, especially if you had vouchers to spend. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's just it. We had, comp- like, we had 12 days of Christmas competitions. Yeah. And so, like, we came, like, I think second and third in a few of them. And so we had vouchers. And then, yeah, no one turned up from the Mac store. And, um, yeah, no one came from our store either. So we were like, nah, more for us. Yeah, definitely. I would have been like, oh, it's probably fun. Stay at home. You probably won't like any of the food or drinks. I. Like, I wouldn't recommend coming and then just be like, yeah, 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 this, yeah. And order this and order this. Now, that's mean, man. I think those those work stories are, are definitely what get, like can ex- extend the love and the joy that you have have for something is, is when you have those those experiences with people out and about. And I mean, if there's hilarious anecdotes about not drunk people trying to order an uber and, uh, next time i next because i don't have uber or ola on my phone because they I just know. take up too much space and my phone yeah. is too busy at the moment so anytime i have to call one i will have to download it every time oh, next God. time i download it i'm gonna see how hard or how easy it is to to become a driver to become a driver <laughs> <laughs> and i'll let you know how many buttons i had to push i, I mean i okay. would have thought it was incredibly difficult but we'll see we'll see yeah Maybe i just yeah 
accepting you can test that. everyone everyone these days. <laughs> but anyway, oh, to move on. Okay. Move um, on. I do have a question for you this week. Yes, hit me. Um, and a little bit of a bit of background to to this question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned to you before we started recording that I've been up quite early this morning. Yes. Um, the reason I was up early is I was actually helping Fran do a bit of a self tape um, because she. I'm sure she won't care about me mentioning this because she doesn't really listen to the show that often, so she probably won't know, and I don't think she'd care anyway. <laughs> hi, Fran. Um, uh, hi, not Fran. Um, it's. I mean, side tangent. The amount of podcasts I listen to where people just like rip on their kids or. Um, rip on their yeah, partners, their partners. Just no yeah. one listens to anyone else's content. This is what you get for not listening. Um, but but anyway, we were up early because she was doing a tape for the Great New Zealand Bake Off um, <gasps> to apply for it. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, currently accepting you know applications for season three. I think it is. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've watched. I've British watched. Bake Off before. I've watched it. Definitely. There you are. I've never seen any of the New Zealand show, but I've watched uh, the I mean, New Zealand one. Oh, there you go. You're more yeah. informed than I am. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're accepting submissions. And as you know, Fran, Fran loves baking and cakes in particular. Oh, um, incredible. Shout her out. Bloom Bakes on Instagram. Boom. And, yeah, she's just decided to take the plunge and apply. And so this nice. morning, for once, I was, like, behind the camera rather than being in front of it. You know, she had to do, like, <laughs> under two minutes. And the classic, like, hi, I'm this. Yeah. This is why. Um, so, yeah, my mind my mind has been on, on that as well as... Uh, a little tidbit that I wanted to share with you. I'm sure you're probably not aware. Mm-hmm. Are you aware that the current bachelor in uh, America is called Matt James? <gasps> we're the bachelor, have... bro. Oh my God. You, you and I, we, Look at we're, us. we're, uh, we're proud to announce that we are the bachelor of this season. Uh, Matt James coming Matt at James. you. Yeah. I mean, Oh my God. He's like six foot six and completely ripped and maybe, well, you know, maybe if you know, if we put us together, then we're that. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. we can yeah, combine yeah, yeah, the yeah. best, we're of us. Matt James. Yeah, Matt. But yeah, we are the Bachelor at the moment. Friends applying for the Great New Zealand Bake Off, and that oh. leads me to my question, which is: Would you ever go on a reality TV show? Oh, definitely. And and I guess if so, if which like, one? Which one? Or do you think there's a like a, a TV show concept out there that you would fit, that they haven't made the niche for, or is there one that there's They've been on for seasons and seasons and seasons that you're like, yep, if there was anyone, it would probably be that. I'm just, mm. it doesn't have to be necessarily one that's been made in New Zealand because I think our reality TV, sorry, New Zealand is like pretty crap and compared to international shows. So yeah, if there's like sure. an international version of a show that you're like, yes, I'm an international, I can go on this, whatever. Um, all all versions of shows are, are open. So, okay. so d- tell me, where's your brain going with it? Nice. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I love reality TV. Um, not all of it. Some of it's very trash. Um, but that's kind of why you love reality TV. Yeah. It's trash, right? Um, but uh, honestly, I will watch Survivor and I'll be like, I could do that, right? I could do, I could do that. Yeah. I, oh, man, I'd be really good in that challenge. Someone's doing a puzzle and it's like, no, that no that way. Yeah, okay, cool. Because I... I, I I love, like, this is my, obviously, this is, like, practical versus mental. I, with my video games and stuff, I love adventure games. Yeah. And, like, things where you've got to, like, you know, do puzzles and try and figure out and stuff and ready, ready, rah. Applying myself then into the survivor world would probably be the hardest thing. But I find, but I think when it would come to challenges and, and things like that, I think I would do all right. Mm. Um, 
but yeah i think i've always seen myself in a survivor situation mm-hmm. um i think i'd quite like it because i'd probably be able to shed a few pounds as well which would be quite nice yeah it's like um, free free yeah. cutting period exactly Forget the gym membership you just go on and you'll lose like 10 kgs everyone yeah. always does there's no I, way you wouldn't i don't have a choice um but i i would never see myself on love uh, on like a love island or something like that anything like relationship a, based yeah like i honestly i don't think i could ever do the bachelor yeah. kind of thing i think that's just it, it is it is a slightly a weird concept for me that you yeah. would you know you get with 20 people marry someone and then break up uh, you know get engaged break up after five months kind yeah. of thing um because i think another i think there was another recently bachelor and people broke up after five months yeah they got yeah they they're done anyway doesn't matter right 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 um so yeah i i think relationship based no but there was there was one little gym that i really enjoyed it's on netflix and there's Mm. um multiple different countries have done it um i think it's called the circle have you heard of the show no no it's 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 called the circle and basically the concept is is that you go into this like kind of hotel kind of living space you get a room to yourself you're all by yourself and the concept is is that you can only interact with everyone else over a social media basis oh maybe i watched an episode of this and is this the show where you go on some people themselves some people like and then some people pretend yeah Yeah. exactly so yeah so it's it's yeah exactly that's exactly it some people will go in as themselves and present themselves forward and stuff like that and then some people will completely lie and the concept of the game is to be the last one standing yeah because after every week or a few days, everyone votes someone off. Mm. And that's either on like the relationships that you've built or people you don't trust and things like that. It was actually a really interesting concept. Now, the thing that, it, that is, is probably a, probably a conversation for a topic soon that we may be having um, is, yeah, social media in general is, for me, I find very difficult and something I don't keep up to date with. But watching this concept of the circle, I just found it very, very intriguing. And whether I would do it in the sense of I would be myself or I could lie and pretend to be someone else. Because yeah. you don't know. The only 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 interaction you have is over a, a screen. And there's challenges and things like that. And people get to, I think, I think they nominate who gets... No, that's right. There's challenges, and then I think one person chooses who they want voted off. Yeah. So then it really relies on who you're friends with and stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know it's, what's really uh, interesting about the circle is we were, I think Fran and I watched the first episode some point last year, and I was watching it, and I was like, hmm, one of these guys looks really familiar, and I don't know where from. And I don't know if you've ever seen someone's face and you, you're trying to figure out where in the, the many years of your life yep. this person has come and interacted with you. I figured out that the guy who was the runner-up on season one of The Circle. Now, spoilers if, if you haven't seen it. Spoilers. Well, actually, I, actually, no, I don't need to say his name. But the guy who was the runner-up, um, I... Does it start with a J? No, the guy who won his name started with a J. Uh, the guy who came second was uh, name started with an S. I mean, I've got it in front of me, but I won't, I won't say it. It's okay. It's no, okay. I, will, I will say it. Stop, everyone. Stop listening for 30 seconds if you really want to watch the circle. Um, Shabam. 
Oh, Sh- oh yeah. Shabam. Yeah, he was yeah, at yeah, UCLA yeah. when I was at UCLA. Really? And he ran. He was running in the student elections on a platform of, like, politics is stupid. And so he oh. ran for the UCLA student politics student president on the platform that he would disband student politics and like he's actually a really intelligent guy and, and he's was quite very funny intelligent and, and he like was you know before anyone else because this was in 2016 so it was before trump was elected like he was wearing um make america great again cap like but not with that with like make student politics great again so he was in the like the the sphere of not taking politics too seriously and satire seriously. and stuff really really yeah. early um, and he actually did quite well. Didn't get elected. Like he wouldn't, you never would in those, those big universities that have institutions of student mm. politics stuff. Mm. But, but yeah, I was staring at this TV show and I was like, where do I recognize this dude from? And I was like, oh my God, it's that weird kooky dude from, from <laughs> student politics. And I messaged some of the guys that I was like friend, cause I wasn't friends with him, but like I'd met yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Off him. And I messaged all these friends that I was on exchange with. And I was like, oh my God, this, this, do you remember this dude? Like he's on this reality TV show. And they were like, oh my God, that dude was always looking to be famous. Like he was just, everything he did Yo. was uh, with the goal of making himself famous. And I guess that's the thing about reality TV, right? Like there are some people that are just on those shows for giving oh, themselves exposure definitely. for whatever reason, whatever their career path industry is, whether it's to like, on the bachelor people aren't interested in say matt james but they just want to get enough screen time so that their instagram gets all sorts mm. of followers mm. and then endorsement deals and stuff for you know i think i think with reality it depends on what the shows are i think something like bake off especially the you know the british one is so wholesome and supposedly there's no prize like you just it's you just, just get kind the of honor of just, being yeah of doing it and i guess yeah. the, the people that apply for that is very different than like the people who apply for survivor i think are pretty much always like no i'm here for a million dollars they make friends <laughs> along the way and you know people are there for personal development but there's definitely reality shows that are money driven yeah um, it's like a, a, uh another one for me it was like, like big brother have you watched yeah. have you watched big brother I, i'm sure back in the day i did yeah, but yeah not yeah. in any recent years no yeah that that's a, that's another one i feel like i could do quite well in just in the sense of obviously being a kind of uh, I, I would still call myself an introverted extrovert at the moment. So I feel like I can get on with a group of people, but I also know when to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think you talking about survivors is interesting. I mean, we could talk, do a whole episode oh, outlining our survivor strategies, which maybe we should one day. <laughs> maybe we should. Okay. You okay. would do so well in the fact that you're so likable. And most survivor seasons is people that piss people off, get voted off first. I think your issue would be in that you would get to the point of survivor where people start viewing likable people as threats and as that's threats. where you would have yeah. to i mean i've put some serious thought and logistics into like how you would play <laughs> it and and the different portions of survivor like you obviously have the merge as a key point and later on when the jury starts coming in but yeah your issue my friend is being too likable and people yeah taking you to the end but no i agree uh, uh, but but yeah i'm with you i think survivor would be awesome i think i would enjoy the whole like jungle life yeah, yeah type yeah, yeah. stuff i'm sure it's way harder when you get out there because everyone thinks they can do it and then obviously people struggle with like the dehydration and the lack mm-hmm. of food and mm-hmm. and the lack of drinking water um that would definitely be one that i would consider to be honest the only other one that i would consider would be master chef 
Um, oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Just because I think in a similar way to Bake Off, like it's quite wholesome programming. And I actually think I would learn a lot from that experience mm. in terms mm. of upskilling. Like, I'm not sure if you look at a show like Survivor or I guess The Bachelor, you in theory would get a life partner from it. But I'm... <laughs> there are definitely monetary prize based ones. And then there's ones that you might actually upskill from. Yeah. I get think something from, yeah, yeah people yeah, yeah. in, in yeah. MasterChef who at least do well in the show. I mean, I'm mainly talking about MasterChef Australia here tend to use that as a launching pad and they do get to go and work in kitchens and become chefs and do their businesses yeah. because of these, the skills that they learn and the mentors that come in and go, yeah, you do have a talent for this. So as a platform for like an industry, that's pretty difficult. I think MasterChef's a good one. Mm. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned the circle as a show because the one like short version, single day game show that I would want to go on, like, you know, the chase, oh, yes, or, yes, the chase. or who wants yeah, to be yeah, a million, yep. you know, cash yep. prize, single day. Um, ITV in the UK did the show called the cube yes yes yeah yes yeah i'm all yeah, that is exactly the, uh, that's exactly the other one i was thinking of if it was like a daytime show yeah yeah, yeah. so for people yeah. who don't know the cube is uh so it's single contestant game uh i think there's like 10 or 15 levels or whatever or worth increasing amounts of money um and basically you go into a cube a glass cube so the audience can see which is maybe i don't know like three meters by three meters by mm. three meters and it's general sort of i guess agility games would be the the best way to describe Dexterity. it like yeah so one of them might be like you're blindfolded and you have to walk from one side to the other side of the cube standing over three like laser lines and if you break the plane that's like a life lost or often they'll have like a big tub of of uh like inflatable balls and you have 30 seconds to like flip them all out of the container but there's a hundred of them so this there tends to be like a timer or uh things that you have to avoid and yeah it's all to do with agility and dexterity memory memory uh, like body awareness uh balance is a key thing Mm. and i think you get like 10 lives or whatever and once you go into a game you either complete it or you lose so many all lives that you yeah. you lose all your all your money and there's like kind of lifelines to help you know you get to use a, a lifeline to help you make one of the games easier at some point and give yourself more time or whatever and interestingly the only person to ever win the the full prize on the cube was mo farah who oh, yo, was the yes. celebrated British uh, middle distance runner. Mm. And I thought it was fascinating that someone who, from a sporting perspective, like running, he doesn't use his hands a lot. You know, he's mm. not like someone, like a basketball player who, uh, you, you know, the hand dexterity is crucial to their sport. But I guess his training as an athlete, just that general like weight and agility and understanding and control, all that yeah. stuff control yeah. Yeah, yeah meant that all of those games were durable for him so yeah that's the one that i i've looked at and i mean, nice. i would just love to know if i'm as good as i think i am yeah hard. i think that's, that's exactly yeah. that's exactly the way that i think about it when i look yeah. at those things i'm like yeah. man could i could i do that yeah, yeah. i could do that right? yeah like <laughs> i think i'm good could yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. that's the thing with the chase why that's so popular is people think they know um mm. They think they're good at trivia, but it's not until yeah. you go on and you actually have to pin yourself against the entire world of quiz yep. questions. Like you can be brilliant at three categories, but you might just have a massive hole in your knowledge when it comes to science and you get a science question. There's just nothing that you can do. I'd love to True. do the chase, but I just know that I don't have a, a wide enough information bank to mm. to ever do particularly 
particularly well at it. Um, what about the tipping point? You watched the tipping point before? Uh, is that the one with the coins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They drop yeah, yeah. down. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the trivia on that seems to be pretty easy. That's that's why I think I, I feel like I could do better on the tipping point. <laughs> yeah, the trivia is definitely easy, but also, like, it's definitely a game where ra- there's an element of random luck in terms of... Oh, for sure. You Basically, if you get questions right, you drop coins down into kind yep. of one of those, if you imagine those arcade games where there's, like chocolate bars and if you grab something out they push things off the edge and then you win that it's Mm. essentially like that the more coins drop off the more money you win yeah i don't know i'd probably be frustrated if i did really well and then the coins just didn't work just didn't drop where's my equivalent money for how well i've done (laughs) but but yeah something like that the trivia is definitely easier than i mean i guess who wants to be millionaires there's the gold standard of that right everyone i think has downloaded a who wants to be a millionaire app or gone on the laptop at some point and be like i'm sure i could do this and you get yeah, yeah, yeah. eight questions and you've used all your lifelines you're like nope i would take the money uh, i no. would take the 30 grand <laughs> if i got there oh that's interesting that we have such similar similar crossovers in terms of mm. uh, i would i wouldn't have been surprised if you'd come on and been like nah never never oh. interested in it but i guess i might have been framing that from a perspective of of specifically like the love romance based yeah i can't yeah shows. I, I i can't do it no nah, i wouldn't be able to do it yeah yeah i as the puppy dog that i am yeah i just don't i just don't think i could do it you'd probably get your heart broken <laughs> yeah well that's just it it'd be the first one i'd be like nah, i'm out i'm done I'm first gone. day you're, you're head over heels and then you're kicked out from no rose the new zealand bachelor's coming soon by the way has free yeah. free airing to i don't know they might there might be some bachelor advertising going around so you know there is i think the bachelorette her name is lexi i believe yeah i saw some of the um 31 year old she's just come back from uh the uk i believe and now she's decided to get with a kiwi yep good for you lexi good for you lexi um, welcome the home bachelor coming soon to a channel that we don't know we don't endorse and we have no sponsorship <laughs> rights for unless unless they're about to advertise in this ad break coming up in which case um watch the bachelor you know <laughs> but um yeah okay reality tv that's interesting to ponder man maybe we could if one of those seasons have survived the i think that's the thing about the amazing race that people like was that you go on with a pair but some i would never i would not be interested in amazing race you and me me for the amazing race no bro i can't deal with the airports and the timelines and like the stress of like being in a van and looking at your clock yeah the stress of coronavirus i would rather be placed in a single location i.e an island for survivor and being like right who do I have to get kicked off this <laughs> Maybe when. Nah, I can understand that. That makes sense. That makes sense. I guess the the other, sorry, just quickly, the other big part of me wanting to, loving The Amazing Race is that I also haven't traveled that much, that much. Fair. Like I've been to the UK, but I haven't, you know, I want more of that. But you're right. It would be very stressful and rigorous. But anyway, yes, we want to be stranded on an island. Yes, please, please strand us uh, with unlikable people that we can kick off and then slightly more likable people than us that we can kick off and then make it to the to the final jury i don't know if new zealand survivor still a thing thing anymore i know they did a couple of seasons it but was yeah. it's just never quite the same no. be less celebrities yeah. yeah shout out to you jeff probst like to have a drink with you one day Yo. um <laughs> anyway it's time to move on yep the world is a mess war famine politics why can't everyone just get along yeah like in musicals musicals fix everything if people listened and learned from musicals everything would be better music lights and spontaneous choreography what isn't there to love if you want to learn 
all of life's important lessons. Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical. Subscribe to Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Um, in a similar sense to our Music Corner segment uh, last week, this year, as we've been talking about new segments, new ideas, new things that we want to do, um, Matt and I've, yeah, in talking about what we want to do for season two, uh, we want to put an emphasis on performance stuff, obviously. Performance. Obviously, we're both, we're both actors. Matt is, is looking forward to getting out of out of his, uh, comfort. his retail comfort yep. stint. And, mm. and yeah, I think... I think part of the thing about being a working actor is constantly auditioning and be reading scripts and watching plays and watching films and consuming creative content. And I think the other side of that is not just uh, absorbing content, but but honing the instrument, like the personal instrument that is as you as a performer. And and yeah, we didn't do we didn't do that much of it last year. I think we were potentially a little bit scared that it wouldn't be that interesting to people for us to yeah. Yeah. i don't know do do some kind of performance but we're definitely at the point now where like if you're here you're probably here for the long haul and if you're not here <laughs> you're not listening so that's okay that's um and yeah i think where we've turned our focus to and in, in talking about this at least to start out is is script reading because i think it's definitely a valuable skill to hone to practice like reading scripts and talking about characters and and considering relationships and that sort of stuff and also just scripts go across across the board so you know over the next few months we'll definitely dive into some some like tv drama stuff we might reread some scripts from you know like classic movies and break down why the writing is so good maybe we try and find a a script for something that just didn't work very didn't, well you know yeah. an adaptation mm-hmm. for and breaking down the writing of like why the the relationships just don't work in the same way that they work in the book for example but but this week we're we're not doing screen we're doing we're doing something else do you want to let the people know what we've got in store yeah 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 yeah. we're uh we're kind of taking it back to a bit of roots for uh, myself me and james and uh we're performing uh act one scene four uh from richard the third uh the two murderers um, bit of bit of context uh, to the scene. Um, these two murderers have been uh, sent to go and kill uh, Clarence. Clarence is Richard's uh, brother, um, and yes, we have been commissioned to go and kill him up in the tower. Um, and we are we are at the tower before we are about to do the deed. We are we are sneaking up on into him. Yeah, and so what? It would have been twenty twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen was when Matt and I. Uh, well, as we've said in the past, 2015 was kind of the year that our friendship um, started and developed. And I think this was the first, uh, it was a, it was a uni theater course called 204. And I don't know if it was the first semester, maybe the second semester at uni, but it was a course where they broke down, uh, you know, theater into a bunch of different modules. And we did four weeks on Shakespeare and the group that Matt and I were in happened to be doing Richard third. And we happened to, be uh given the roles of murder the very glamorous roles yep, of murder one and murder two and to our credit <laughs> we definitely made the most of it and yeah it's just been one of those scenes that we you know we'll always talk about as as the first thing we did together and 
I don't know about you, but I have quite a visual memory, so I can like picture us doing it. Um, it was I can in, picture uh, us in Studio Seventy Seven. Yeah, yeah, there's the theater yeah. space that we did it in. We we notoriously asked like, "Can we jump down from the balcony?" That's what we want to <laughs> do. Like, not interested in the script at all. Just let us like jump from the level one onto the ground. That was the most interesting thing about it. No, not the most interesting. But that's what we remember about it. But right? we do. No, definitely. No, definitely. I loved that. I, I remember we asked we could do it. We got the yes, and then after the performance, we got the wait why were you guys allowed to do that kind of thing because we asked because yes yeah, exactly. we're <laughs> responsible <laughs> actors and it added to the scene um yeah and we just in terms of thinking about scripts and and i guess things that are meaningful to us yeah we just thought you know what shakespeare we've had it over the head heaps why don't we just read a scene um see how our iambic pentameter is and then it's not just to to read the scene we want to after we've read it maybe talk about Shakespeare and why we enjoy it so much and and use the script kind of as an example for explaining like where we're at with analyzing Shakespeare and and we know that there's people out there who who find Shakespeare incredibly boring and maybe we hope mm. to shine some light on on why it doesn't have to be so boring and even if not that why people like Matt and I are interested enough in it to keep coming back to it and keep why doing it. why yeah. there's something you know exciting about coming back to the same script of the same play that we've done a bunch of times and it's still interesting um that's probably enough of an intro we'll probably do a read at the start we might do a second read at the end i'm still trying to figure out which murderer i am matt's informed me that i'm the second but yeah Correct. we're just going to absolutely wing it and apologies in advance for for any dodgy reading and and we have <laughs> absolutely not prepped this at all but no. this is what it's about right just exactly. actually just just getting on and doing some performance and doing some reads so yeah as you said you say act one scene four Act one scene four right uh exit brackenbury what shall i stab him as he sleeps no he'll say it was uncowardly when he wakes why he shall never wake until the great judgment day why then he'll say we stabbed him sleeping the urging of that word judgment hath bred a kind of remorse in me what art thou afraid not to kill him having a warrant but to be damned for killing him from which no warrant can defend me i thought thou hadst been resolute so i am to let him live i'll back to the duke of gloucester and tell him so nay, 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 i pray thee stay a little i hope this passionate humour of mine will change it was wont to hold me but while one tells twenty how dost thou feel thyself now some certain dregs of conscience are yet within me remember a reward when the deed's done oh. Swoons he dies. I had forgot the reward. Where's thy conscience now? Oh, in the Duke of Gloucester's purse. So when he opens his purse to give us a reward, thy conscience flies it's out. It's no matter. Let it go. There's few or none will entertain it. What if it come to thee again? I'll not meddle with it. It makes a man a coward. A man cannot steal, but it accuseth him. A man cannot swear, but it checks him. A man cannot lie with his neighbour's wife, but it detects him. "'Tis a blushing, shame-faced spirit that mutinies in a man's bosom. "'It fills a man full of obstacles. "'It made me once restore a purse of gold that by chance I found. "'It beggars any man that keeps it. "'It has turned out of towns and cities for a dangerous thing, "'and every man that means to live well endeavours to trust to himself and live without it.'" Zooms, tis now even at my elbow persuading me not to kill the Duke. Ah, "'Take the devil in thy mind, and believe him not. "'He would insinuate with thee but to make thee sigh.'" I am strong-framed. He cannot prevail with me. Spoke like a tall man that respects thy reputation. Come, shall we fall to work? Take him on the costard with the hilts of thy sword, and then throw him in the malmsey butt in the next room. Ah, 
Excellent advice. And make a sop of him. Soft, he wakes. Strike. No, we'll reason with them. Insane. 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 <laughs> Man, weird to do off the bat, huh? Yeah, uh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very... It's hard to not feel the the pressure to, like, do something or sound funny. Even just in speaking volume, like, I think that's the thing. You know, Shakespeare tends to be on stage and tends to have so much energy. I find, found myself, like, having to restrain to keep it at the normal recording mm. recording volume of, yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah. what matt and i do with these the mics to make sure it's at uh premium premium listening but but it's done <laughs> one in the can thankfully one no one can. was listening you know no one no one heard <laughs> that one so we can just chuck that one out um weird to just read shakespeare i suppose and read it out loud like i've never listened to an audiobook of shakespeare or just pure mm. listening medium so it was funny to read it just as words but out loud and not for the purpose of like turning it into action if you know what i mean yeah no no i know what you mean i know what you mean and, and i think i mean the the first thing that i kind of like see with this piece of writing at least is that it's not your typical like verse of mm. shakespeare you yeah. know like i think a lot of people when they hear shakespeare they hear the verse they hear the rhyme the iron pentameter and all that kind of stuff and it's just like oh, what is going on? Like, I can't keep up with it. But I mean, you kind of listen to these two kind of, I would say, nimwits of murderers that speak in prose. And the reason they speak in prose is because they're not, uh, they're not royal. They're not lovers. You know, verse is a very kind of lovey, high, you know, bit of language that's spoken by, you know, all of the big kind of main characters. Whereas these guys being in prose, it's kind of the easiest thing to understand because as the peasants in the audience <laughs> listening to old Shakespeare, it was easy for them to understand, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it, it is, it's, it's not, it's not listening to your typical kind of Shakespeare thing, but it is still very, a weird thing to perform uh, that's not physical. Yeah, I think it's harder to read as well. Like, it makes more sense, uh, particularly to people who aren't necessarily, like, super interested in Shakespeare. But it's potentially harder to perform. Like, as an example of iambic pentameter, just before the scene that we did, uh, a character called Brackenbury, I'll just read a couple of lines from what he mm. says. Uh, I am in this commanded to deliver the noble Duke of Clarence to your hands. I will not reason what is meant hereby, because I will be guiltless of the meaning. So pretty standard iambic pentameter. There's something about reading that for people, you know, Matt and I, people that love Shakespeare. It's kind of your your immediate step one is like, oh, is the iambic pentameter? Yes, well, we'll read it with that kind of rhythm. I think that's what I found so weird and like almost a little bit awkward about reading the scene right off the top is there's kind of nothing. There's no, there's no suggestion of how to do it. And mm. I think that's what, you know, analyzing Shakespeare is all about. Years ago, everyone has their opinions, their two cents on the plays and, and how to perform it and everything. And, and ultimately, that's what Shakespeare is about. Like, we can't ask the playwright. So you just have to analyze and make suggestions based off off what we think we know and what we think works. Yeah. Um, and in that scene, there's kind of no real suggestion of what to do like you kind of just have to figure out how you want to play them like these two characters don't have a massive story arc to inform <laughs> what they're what they're doing they are in a sense like jester type characters that just have yep. this tiny scene and one thing that i said to matt um before like there's this element in in the scene 
uh, where the second murderer, like he spends the first half of it saying that he doesn't want to kill this character. And then all it takes is a mention of money. And he all of a sudden is like, Oh cool. Yeah. I've changed my mind. Yes. And, and like, <laughs> let's be honest, there are aspects of Shakespeare's writing that can be like a little bit clunky. Mm. He's not the perfect playwright. Like he's written all these beautiful soliloquies and there are some pieces of writing that are just so eloquent, but there are also characters that are just idiots. And like, you can't treat every bit of Shakespeare as this like golden text of like philosophy. Some of the stuff's just like, uh, it's just lighthearted. It's just lightweight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of the stuff you just kind of have to breeze through and read it as it is. Right. You can't treat everything with this perfect way to like must respect the playwright Shakespeare's gold. And I think that's what turns people off Shakespeare a bit. People who mm. aren't that interested in it as, as the kind of ponce of it. And I think the less ponce you can treat it and the more you can just treat it like text study, um, you're kind of heading in a better direction. Yeah, I agree. And I think, it, you know, uh, the thing that I find these days with Shakespeare interesting, uh, like the adaptations, yeah. It, you know like how can you change such an old text or at least maybe still do it in original you know original verse and prose but how can you kind of make it more yeah modern and, and adapt it to people you know why we want to watch it now kind of thing but i think that's the that's the big thing with with shakespeare is like a lot of people say it's like well why are we even still going on on about this guy you know why are we still reading these things because there's nothing really else like it you know like no one's really creating like i wouldn't say there's a there's a new shakespeare out there now you know like there's no modern shakespeare of a type at least not that what i've i've seen or read or, or and stuff like that so i think it's just a it's a nice way of kind of looking back and being like this is literally what theater and plays used to be like all the time yeah um you know this is you know shakespeare is one writer but Back then in the Elizabethan time, a lot was still the same. Different stories, but it was it was very much theatre that they went to go and see back in those days. Um, so yeah, I, I still I, that's why I still find it very interesting now. Because I think part of the reason why Shakespeare continues to be such an important part of both uh, English literature and theatre or, or performance acting generally is the disagreement like mm. if he was a playwright that everyone agreed upon everything it would just be put down as this is the analysis of this playwright we can move on but i think a good example of of how shakespeare continues to be kind of contentious is we both did a course uh you did english 208 at university right i did you did. I seem to remember I dragged you away from a different. Yeah, I was going to do. I was going to do media studies, and then you were like, "No, come do Shakespeare." Come do Shakespeare. Like, okay, I'll come do Shakespeare, and then that's when I met Rachel. So it was. It was uh, that. That so that's you made me do English, but that's also you also made me meet Rachel at that time as well. Yeah, so. English English two eight. Not really a course that I particularly enjoyed. It was so it was an English course, but we could do it at uni because we were theatre majors, and obviously Shakespeare was the content. It was kind of like a cross credit course. But there were people in that course who were English majors who were viewing Shakespeare pure from like an English literature writing yeah, perspective, writing, yeah. and the classic. Uh, contention as from people like us who are actors who say like Shakespeare's not meant to be read it's meant to be performed or Shakespeare's meant to be heard it's not meant mm, to be an old text yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. and that the the arguments and the disagreements about people who view it as like literary text and people who are like no these are play scripts specifically for performance that's where all the you know the, the clashes of heads and banging of you know opinions and perspectives come in and I, I think much like 
a lot of acting stuff it's kind of limited at university in terms of how in depth you can go but i mm. think uh similar to most of our theater degree like I, I found that it was a decent enough launch pad for me to go i agree with 25 percent of this but actually mm. a bunch of it i don't agree with and i'm more interested in pursuing it knowing that i disagree with like what the professor says there's something about that at university right when someone yeah, says yeah, something yeah, yeah. you go you know what? actually i don't agree with you there yeah. and that kind of solidifies that you have an opinion on that topic rather than if someone just said stuff to you and you were like yes i agree i yes, agree i yes, agree, yes. I agree. Yes. there's something mm. empowering about disagreeing with it um yeah and and i think shakespeare at uni is was a good introduction to it but as i'm sure is the case with you i think leaving uni and doing you know more interaction with shakespeare after that probably in in my case you know going to drama school and, and doing some specific shakespeare stuff there in your case like doing shakespeare shows that's where you learn how you personally like to analyze it and the truths that you believe with it and you meet mm. other people who approach it from completely different perspectives we should say this was the little tidbit that i wrote down what's hilarious for people in wellington at the moment is that uh for people who don't live in wellington it's a city with a lot of poster art like there's a lot of advertising around for you know comedy shows and and stadium shows and <laughs> and matt was in a show a fair while ago uh summer shakespeare uh midsummer night stream which has been mentioned on the show before but what's funny is that it's been so long ago that you know lots of posters went up over over the posters advertising the show <laughs> some of which famously uh featured matt's face and actually the face that we use for the bros and Bruce podcast art yes, your half true. of the, the design yeah. it's now been long enough that the top layer of posters uh are starting to erode whether it's from rain or just getting old or whatever and more and more posters of your face in that show <laughs> keep going up there's not just one anymore there's at least two maybe a third uh. all around wellington so you're slowly being re-revealed because you've been headed from the elements and now yeah. that summer is cracking the top layers your face is continuing to be shown my friend so i'm coming back yeah just just so you know you still have you still have presents in in wellington good good yeah i think my i've seen a photo my favorite one is that the top half of me is the face and then the bottom half of me is a rugby player but it's like it's perfect it's perfectly lined up that my head is on this rugby player's body so there's just this like pink top with my head on this like buff like rugby player with like you know a yellow jersey on and it like fits perfectly and it's such a weird juxtaposition anyway you look great you look yeah. absolutely brilliant what an Thank ad you. for Thank adidas you. or whatever the poster is <laughs> um but in talking about shakespeare and analyzing stuff i did did pull out one of the um the notebooks from uh my mm, mm. my year in bristol and and there was definitely some interesting stuff there was there was this day where we had a tutor come in his name was James Gitchum, and he was actually a voice coach. That was his predominant uh, sort of line of teaching was sort of accents and voice stuff. Um, but thank God that this school was like, yeah, for one day he's going to do sort of Shakespeare 101. And by this stage, you know, Shakespeare through school and university, and I kind of, I didn't roll my eyes, but I was like, well, what more is there to learn? Yeah. And he just bashed through so many different ideas in literally the space of like four hours, completely added to anything that I'd thought I'd known about shakespeare in terms of translating to performance um and i thought i'd just read out some of the some of the yeah, interesting tidbits please. i mean some yes. of them some of them aren't of interest to people 
on the whole some of them are very like acting specific but but i think some of them can shed some light on like why we enjoy as actors reading shakespeare and and performing it and i guess it kind of speaks to some of the stuff we were talking about before like the cube and and that kind of are we as nimble and dexterous and like yeah, yeah, solving yeah, yeah, yeah. the puzzle there's definitely a puzzle element of shakespeare's definitely. works we're like can we sort of figure out what's going on here um so yeah i have i have his name was james as i said so james's guide to shakespeare verse not mine um <laughs> and this is for verse specifically which we didn't read out we but i think read, a lot of it yeah. applies anyway mm-hmm. um so the first couple of pages i have some do's and don'ts list uh the do list is do look for opportunities to make choices. Like, where's the stress? Where's the line funky? I mean, there was some, definitely some weird words in that script that we did. It's kind of just like, what is interesting? Not all the words are, you know, there are some thes in there. There are some ands in there. Like, chuck those out. Like, where's the interesting stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting points I thought he made was like, do take the text literally, not metaphorically. Because he's saying like at this stage in life we we're such metaphorical people there's so much mess entertainment and we like to approach writing and cinema and theater as being quite meta but back then it's all just literal and i think we the point he was making is we apply our 21st century brains to shakespeare and uh, not literally enough and so Mm. he's like if it's describing something literal it's probably literal and one of his key points to that was like anything that's vaguely about dicks is probably yeah, about, probably dicks. about like, dicks. If yeah. you if you in this generation in this century think, oh, that's seems mildly about genitalia, like definitely back then it would have been. Don't try mm. and overanalyze. Like if it seems about dicks, it's probably about dicks. Um another do that he talked about was like making a choice when there's two meanings. Like, you know, there's so much double entendre and and mm. a lot of the time, you know, we can look over lines and we can think, oh well, could be this or it could be that and james was like make a decision because you can't play two things effectively even if shakespeare's being clever and he's giving you options you have to pick one and you have to stick with it because you can't do both with the same level of of interest Mm -hmm. um some of the don'ts uh not letting like personal rhythm dictate how you do a line so i guess on this show like we have our own speaking rhythms and yeah. what he was saying, I mean, this is particularly with verse, not letting our own personal rhythms decide how we read it. Oh, uh, yep, yep. Not yep. fitting the text to ourselves. It's actually how is it written and then figure out a rhythm afterwards. Afterwards. Um, not looking at the gaps between words. Uh, rhythm or like how fast you get through the line doesn't matter so long as you put stress in the right places. I think that's one of the things about I and Big yep. Pentimeter is people go like, dum de dum de dum de dum de dum but it doesn't have to be that long. The stressing needs to be in a certain way, but you can Dum-dum. take 10 minutes to do a line or you can do it in a split second. Like we forget that you can have gaps between words. Yeah. You can, yeah. you know, you can stretch it out for massive amounts of time if, if need be, um, or you can just play it as it is, but the gaps are kind of where we get to decide what we want to do with it. So long as you honor the words themselves. Yeah. Um, not stressing personal pronouns like i think there's often an indication where we're like you or i or it's like that stuff's not interesting Actu- actually that shit's just the the stuff in between like some of the words as i said before aren't worth your time um and then another final thing that i think is is interesting is like just don't begin with character stuff 
And I think for this scene, mm. if we try and like go through the motivations of who are these two murderers, like what are their backgrounds? Like what is their, like, that's not, it's not, that's important. not why they're in the story. Yeah, they yeah, literally yeah. serve a purpose of someone has to kill this character. It yeah. can't be anyone else. We have to write these people. What is the text that they're saying? And like, you'll probably figure out some background from them. I think they're probably people that, come into shakespeare who are like what is their backstory why is the second murderer has he killed someone before is, is like none don't get caught up and all that's <laughs> like that's the stuff where people are like oh shakespeare's really droll like just yeah they're two dickheads frankly who have been brought in because they are dickheads and are just serving this this purpose of plot that has to be done and it's like a little bit of a laugh along the way yeah. Um, and then I just have another couple of pages. I won't go through all of them, which was exercises for like just making discoveries when like, so if you and I were actually to perform this mm-hmm. and we were to get up and, and figure out how we were going to do it. Um, one of the things that James talked about was like walking the lines, like actually walking in steps with where the beats of the pentameter are. Um, just doing it with consonants, like trying to take out all the vowels. And so just seeing how many consonants there are in lines. Cause sometimes there's lots of C's and you'll hear, like if you take out the vowels, that yeah, it will be yeah, like yeah. a really like gunfire type line. Or sometimes there aren't that many interesting consonants. Alternatively, you flip it and you take out all the consonants and you just do the vowels. Some characters will be very like all over the place with these like floaty lines. And sometimes it'll just be all the same vowel, I guess in the same way that like someone like Eminem kind of famously often in songs will only have a couple of different vowel sounds. I mean, I Mm. think that's why lose yourself, you know, people break it down is so catchy because there's basically only two vowel sounds on the whole song. It's kind of similar. Interesting. Breaking it down and going into like, well, why does this, why does this song in Eminem's case, or why does this scene or this play or this character in Shakespeare's case have such a distinct sound? Like there's there's definitely a sense of, of rhythm and rap. And I think there's all these crossovers between something like Shakespeare and Hamilton and Eminem. Like the sense of rhythm is really crucial Mm. um, to Shakespeare. And then there's stuff like introducing variation and breathing and antithesis and like walking punctuation. And yeah, there was just a bunch of stuff that he brought up that I kind of hadn't, it's not that I hadn't thought about it before. I think directors always bring something new to Shakespeare, but there was something yeah, really helpful about him coming and being like, right, we're going to do this for four hours. Take what you want. Here's some ideas. They won't all be helpful. A bunch of stuff for you to use and then kind of ended it after four mm. hours and i was like wow mm. that's really refreshing to just have someone come and be like there's all the stuff that i use you don't have to take it all but don't spend three hours like reading one line and trying to figure out the meaning of the spacing like they probably shakespeare d- definitely didn't spend that amount of time on it especially not with a scene like with these two these idiots two that are idiots. just like there to <laughs> like serve a purpose and i think if we we look at the scene that's probably why like I found it quite hard to read because probably my default is that like sort of like bougie Shakespeare brain. Like where's the interesting soliloquies? Yeah, like no, yeah, you're just yeah. gonna. Nah. you're not that important. Like you just have to <laughs> read the lines. The words are there. Like sure, you need to find some meaning for the audience to understand what's going on. But but ultimately, like if we've already set up in the story that this character Clarence Richard wants him dead, there's been a scene where Richard tells him to go and murder them, and they turn up. 
it's pretty clear that they turn up, they don't kill him straight away, there's some amount of doubt, then he wakes up and they've decided that they're going to kill him. Like, you, yeah. you don't act, you know, the audience is smarter than we give them credit for, even if they've never seen Shakespeare before. That's just, the words are just, just words, you know, the, yeah. it's not super, super complicated. Um, mm. Mm. Is there anything from the text specifically that, and reading it or analyzing it, you're like, oh, that's weird or that's interesting or just coming back to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, uh, as we were talking about, like, the, uh, Shakespeare doesn't give you, it doesn't give you much, like, um, uh, like, or well, not necessarily subtext, but there's literally no stage directions, right? Apart from exit, uh, entrance and exits. That's pretty much the only thing we see. Um, so, like you were saying before, everything that you need to know is literally in the line, whether that be setting or an action or something going on. So through reading this like there's actually uh it's, it's quite funny um but your line um nay i pray thee stay a little i hope this passionate humor of mine will change it has want to hold me but only one tells 20 now then if i say my next line straight away how dost i feel thyself now doesn't really make sense yeah so you literally have to wait like that's a pause like that, yeah. that's a pause in that gap where this first murder is is literally giving the second murder a time just to kind of just be with himself for a moment you idiot um and then he and then he comes back to him and asks yeah. him and but because you, it doesn't say that in the text you know yeah. you, you could read over that straight away and it doesn't make sense and in a scene that like these are comic characters there's mm. definitely comedy there and it's like a like i don't want to do this thing i don't want to kill someone like give me a bit and then after like 20 seconds you're like so do you feel yeah. any no. better it's like <laughs> like now do you feel it now mr Krabs? you know you it's like that? that that timing of just letting it sit and just yeah. being like so any difference like, of course there isn't you dickhead <laughs> yeah that's a really it's interesting actually because in this version of the text that i have it has a stage direction of he counts to 20 oh he does would, count to, ah. but but i don't think that would be in the original text i think whoever's put this together is using that as their like analysis of mm. of the line it was want to hold me but but while one tells 20 but That's, your yeah. your analysis is exactly spot on. Like the mm. implication that there's a massive amount of time there that you have to just yeah give it give it the break that it like it deserves or it needs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I, I, from my understanding, when when they were performing, obviously different to us performing it now, but when they were originally performing Shakespeare, they literally only got the lines that they were speaking and their cue lines. Yeah. Like, they didn't have the full script. Yeah. So it really came down to actors to, obviously, listening to everything that's on stage, looking for their cues, and then they only had their lines to learn. Hmm. So they didn't necessarily know the whole entire play. But then it comes down to, yeah, not having all of these, yeah, stage directions and actions and things like that. It's literally them having to figure that out as they go, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they obviously would have had Shakespeare there being like, this and this and this, but I guess that helps. <laughs> Yeah, definitely the sense of like listening. We talk about listening a lot in acting, and that's like yeah. truth comes from is actually paying attention to the people that are Active. talking to you. But yeah, if you don't know what the other person's lines are, or you only have the very end of it, then you have to like actually pay attention to what attention. the other person is is doing. And I think with these two characters, like the trap would be to go down the line of like how well do they know each other are they brothers <laughs> do they like each other and i guess like there's not necessarily something wrong about that but 
spending too much time on mm. that sort of stuff rather than being like, oh, in this text there's this line and then it's almost an interruption and then almost an interruption and then the one character has the remorse and the character's like, well, what are you doing? And then it swip, uh, flips at the end. It's like all of a sudden they've changed roles. Like trying to justify yeah. that through the lens of a oh, who would be two characters that would have a relationship like that? You kind of lose some of the, well, it's just like two people that are very changeable and kind of not particularly intelligent having to do something that they probably are not particularly well equipped to do. It's like two idiots walk into a room. Let's see how it <laughs> plays out, you know? Exactly, exactly. I'm trying um, to remember how we did it. I just, all I remember about the original was you and I jumping down from this ledge. And of course, Clarence is there like sleeping, which adds a whole thing to the, mm-hmm. you know, it's a classic stage trope of the fact that someone's sleeping and two people having a conversation. It's like, no one is a deep enough sleeper that you would sleep through the conversation that. that's being yeah. had. And we just have to accept that. Like there's some, some level of, of non-believability. They're like buy into the fact of, of, with the volume like i mean this scene would be hilarious if you did it with clarence sleeping and these guys just yelling at each other yeah what, yeah like what like <laughs> the, the ridiculousness of how you frame this whole thing kind of overrides anything that you or i as actors making specific choices it's all about like well you know what if we made them be super loud and the guy that they're trying to talk about killing is there like sleeping that obviously sets almost like a pantomime level of of satire that doesn't matter what tiny decisions you make doesn't matter if you say i mean we were talking before about is it zounds is it zunes oh it's meant to rhyme like rhyme with god's wounds or whatever like no one in this audience is sitting going "Uh uh-huh they've done the correct pronunciation (laughs) Uh, of zunes this (laughs) is a good play no one cares it doesn't mean don't make an informed decision if you can do the research but ultimately like most of these plays are over two hours a tiny little moment that you do no one's no one's gonna remember (laughs) yeah true but all of those that are interested in what zunes actually is it basically just means like shit it's an expletive it's just a like a uh what's the word i'm exasperate not exasperation that's not the word just a big like you know excuse my language just a big the fuck like yeah yeah that's what it is yeah it's great that there's some stuff in this scene that because so much of what Shakespeare writes is you have to really work to understand what it is. I find it really rewarding when he just writes stuff that you can understand straight off the bat. So when you're like, I'm strong framed, he cannot prevail with me. I say, spoke like a tall man that respects their reputation. It's like, (laughs) it's nice to just have something like, yes, you are a thing that we can understand. (laughs) You are tall. You respect your reputation. Here you are, English Let's speaking do audience. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you can yeah, understand yeah. that. Like that one's for free. You don't have to dig any any deeper into it. <laughs> um, any final thoughts? Uh, not not really. I mean, I think you know, like you said, I think you know, with the with the mind that these two are just idiots, mm. just speaking straight up. You know, not too much to it. Yeah. Um, I guess the yeah I guess the the fun the funny part of the scene because I mean it is right like it's meant to be a kind of like um, to add to the dramatic complexity that is Richard the Third it is just a little bit of humour a little bit of breath for the audience and amongst all of this kind of real complex verse and understanding of what 
you know what's really going on with Richard and in the play and his plots and stuff like that mm. so I think yeah I think if we just kind of you know it's it's meant to be a little bit funny yeah and a little bit stupid and pretty brief like there's yeah, definitely quite, bre- yeah. a brevity to it um yeah well I guess these guys just need to get get to the job yeah you know yeah. they just need to get it done but then all of a sudden it takes one murderer to have a little bit of a conscience mm. Mm. mention money <laughs> and then it's like okay cool yes we'll just do this thing. yeah <laughs> yeah well should we just give it a second read then yeah i reckon yeah let's, yeah let, let's do it um, and you the audience can decide whether we do anything differently or if it's exactly the same i don't know yeah yeah <laughs> but i think it's yeah. definitely worth doing again having talked about it and yeah just just recognizing that within the scope of the play like it's not that there's not too much to it but not working super hard for the sake of working super hard not trying to like belabor it with too much intensity because you're right Mm. a couple of idiots walk in with a thing to do and they take a little bit of time doing it and that's kind of it (laughs) cool should we go again yeah let's do it all right exit brackenbury what, shall I stab him as he sleeps? No, you'll say it was done cowardly when he wakes. Why, he shall never wake until the great judgment day. Why, then he'll say we stabbed him sleeping. Oh, the urging of that word judgment hath bred a kind of remorse in me. What, art thou afraid? Not to kill him, having a warrant, but to be damned for killing him, from which no warrant can defend me. I thought thou hadst been resolute. Well, so I am, to let him live... Oh, I'll back to the Duke of Gloucester and tell him oh, so. Oh, no, I pray thee, stay a little. I hope this uh, passionate humour of mine will change. It was wont to hold me, but while one tells twenty. <sighs> How dost thou feel thyself now? Uh, some certain dregs of conscience are yet within me. Remember, our reward when the deed's done. Ah, soon. He dies. I forgot the reward. Where's thy conscience now? Oh, in the Duke of Gloucester's purse. Oh, so when he opens his purse to give us our reward, thy conscience flies out. It is no matter. Let it go. This pew or none will entertain it. Oh, what if it come to thee again? I'll not meddle with it. Mm. It makes a man a coward. A man cannot steal, but it accuseth him. A man cannot swear, but it checks him. A man cannot lie with his neighbour's wife, but it detects him. Mm-hmm. Tis a blushing, shamefaced spirit that mutinies in a man's bosom. It fills a man full of obstacles. It, it made me once restore a purse of gold that by chance I found. <gasps> it beggars any man that keeps it. it. It turns out of towns and cities for a dangerous thing. And, and every man that means to live well endeavours to trust to himself and live without it. Sounds... Tis even now at my elbow persuading me not to kill the duke. Ah, oh, take the devil in thy mind and believe him not. He would insinuate with thee, but to make thee sigh. Uh, I am strong-framed. <laughs> he cannot prevail with me. Spoke like a tall man that respects thy reputation. Come, shall we fall to work? Take him on the costard with the hilts of thy sword, and then throw him in the malmsey butt in the next room. Oh, excellent device, and make a sop of him. Soft. He wakes. Strike. No. We'll reason with them. And sing. And sing. Claps. Claps. Nice to do it a second time. One thing that I didn't mention that I love from the second murderer's like sort of little speech thing 
is the thing of like finding money and returning it because that is such a thing yes. i mean not everyone has done that but it happens to people fairly often like it's definitely happened to me before that thing of looking at it and being like is this mine <gasps> have i found it something yeah. that happened centuries and centuries ago and it still happens that feeling of you find money and you're like i know this belongs to someone it's fallen out of someone's pocket but i but... feel like i deserve it i have found it i haven't stolen it can i maybe keep it <laughs> true so true yeah well that that whole that whole thing about him and his that you know all these conscience things and how it how it drives us our conscience so yeah no that was that was cool that was cool to do yeah bit of shakespeare for everyone out there um hopefully it wasn't wasn't too droll hopefully maybe you learnt a, a little something um i guess the point is we know that shakespeare isn't everyone's thing and yeah. for some people it's really what gets them into acting and kind of always stays as the number one and for some people they it just don't i don't understand why you could keep coming around to it and why you wouldn't be bored and i think as well as us just doing a read and and just you know, being confident enough to just come on and, and read a scene and it's not for an audition, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it's good practice as well as that us being able to vocalize like why we take interest in this stuff and why there's kind of the games to be played in the analysis and why we have fun with the text that isn't in modern English where you, you don't have, you know, you can figure out and lots of modern texts, you have to figure out why characters are saying stuff, like how it mm. relates to their relationships and their circumstances. But the the analysis of like what are these words and what purpose are they serving is a different kind of game that I think people generally who enjoy Shakespeare, we all enjoy the the puzzle, as it were. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think I you know I was very fortunate in the sense, like you just said, I'm very fortunate in my acting kind of grew. Uh, for the love of Shakespeare, yeah. you know, through high school, doing all that kind of stuff, as you know, in previous episodes I've talked about, you know, getting to the globe, doing that on the stage that it was, you know, done in. It's it's enough to kind of drive me back to keep on doing it because I know where it kind of or where it's come from. You know, um, yeah. I've done it from a real like novice point of view in the sense of not really understanding it and just kind of practically figuring it out. And now I'm at the point where I feel like I can do both of them in in a degree of just figuring it out and also analyzing it as well. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, I think give it give it a chance. You know, I think if you don't like Shakespeare, give it a chance. Go see something, you know, go, go see a piece of Shakespeare and don't go in with the thing of like oh, i'm seeing shakespeare just go there and just just absorb it just yeah. just try and absorb it and walk away with something from it yeah absolutely couldn't have put it in any better and we don't know what the the next performance thing that no. we do it may be a script read or it may not be but it definitely won't be shakespeare, shakespeare for any significant period of time so you might have might have hated this one you might enjoy the next one and that's kind of the point of what we want to do we want to use exactly. this as a platform for us to explore performance and and not just talk about acting but actually actually do some of it so yeah thank you for that man i, I enjoyed it and as as we've said like nice to do a, a throwback to literally the first thing that we ever did together the og exactly man that's yeah. where it all yeah. started for us and yeah no that was that was it was really cool brings um brings good memories back i must say yeah i must yeah, say studio 77 those are the days eh those are the hey, days, the days hey. <laughs> but to um to finish off this week 
uh, as we did did last week and, and we're going to keep doing going forward. Um, have you been watching anything new this week? Is there anything that's grabbed you from a, a TV or a film perspective? Or uh, is there anything that's that's going on that from an acting perspective or just to, just to check in from from a content perspective is there anything that's that's trucking along it's okay if there there isn't but um, <laughs> um we haven't talked during the week so i've got no idea no no yeah no you're so right um to, to be honest n- not really i uh there's a lot of things on my radar that i need to watch um and catch up with and things like that i've been so absorbed in my uh, video games lately my new one um that i want to because i'm playing assassin's creed i want to start watching vikings yes i haven't watched yeah i haven't watched vikings but i'm so like i've played god of war um the latest one which is all about vikings and you know norse mythology this assassin's creed is all about north mythology and valhalla and all of that so there's a big part of me now that wants to just you know what i'm just going to commit to vikings the main reason i don't want to watch it is because i just i don't want to commit to that many seasons of a watch it's hard eh that that's the thing that drives me away from shows at the moment and catching up but there's a big part of me that i'm really enjoying norse mythology and that kind of lore of everything that i do want to watch um vikings um another one on my radar is um everyone's going on about bridgerton yes yeah, yeah. Fran binge that in about a day oh wow Got i haven't i haven't i haven't seen yeah it. i i haven't seen it either so maybe some probably something i definitely get to um, but yeah, haven't watched that yet. Mm. Um, otherwise, as I said last week, um, if you're a Marvel fan, WandaVision is going on every Friday, 9pm, if you go to Disney+. Plus. Um, and it's, look, I've, I've talked to a few people actually that, you know, we're Marvel fans, and it's a slow burn. Mm. It's a slow burn um, in the sense of what's really happening and what's going on in the show because um, it doesn't really give you all of the, the things. And I think if you're a Marvel fan, you're so used to Marvel just kind of hitting you in the face and it'll all go kind of thing. But I think what... Um, uh, what uh, Was it... Uh, man, who the producer? Is it Kevin Feige? I can't remember his name. It's gone out of my head. Um, what Marvel's trying to do now with these TV shows is kind of give the story... Uh, time to breathe and really like ramp up in its development of of what's really going on in these scenarios and with these yeah. characters um so for, for me I've, I've really enjoyed the first three episodes and at the end of the third episode i must say it's uh it's definitely starting to ramp up so if you're a marvel fan um just Get, get through the first few few episodes and just enjoy them for what they are yeah um it'll it's coming it's definitely coming. So yeah, still, still, still loving WandaVision. Definitely, that's my big watch for the week. Still, nice. There's nothing wrong with still being on the same thing. You can't binge everything, so it's good. Well, to know I can't there's... binge it because it's coming out every week. So yeah, that's, exactly. You know, that's exactly. that's a nice thing as well. Well, I, I yeah. What about you? Yeah, I, I've been trying to watch um, a film every Sunday to, you know, I have TV shows and stuff going on during the week, but, but mm. I'm trying to get in the habit of watching a film on Sunday to at least always have one thing to talk about. Um, and last night, the film of the week was the new-ish Disney film, Soul. Have you seen oh, Soul? Nice. I haven't, man. I haven't. I know. I haven't jumped on the boat. I've heard so many things about it, and I just haven't done it yet. It's... Yeah, like, I don't know, last night I was trying to figure out what vibe... I think that's what I try and do when I'm making decisions about movies now, is try to figure out what vibe I want to play within, mm, mm. and then I'll be kind of happy regardless of if the film is good or, or bad. Like, last week, watching Twilight for the first time, like, I knew that that was the kind of film experience I wanted. Yeah. And last night was very much in the the Disney animated vibe, and I was like, you know what? 
soul let's do it and it's great it's really really good mm. um mm. i would definitely say it, it, it's in this i haven't seen coco no which i, I need, uh, coco which I need was to on watch. tv last night i haven't seen coco either. i haven't seen coco so i can't speak to that but i would say soul is definitely like a, a cousin of inside out yeah and where disney has been telling these stories that use different universes and realities and yeah i don't i don't want to spoil it but it was definitely within the first half an hour of the film i was like oh this is a similar kind of Mm. story telling to inside out but it does it's a completely different like concept and construct of of life um and it was really really sweet and i'd say definitely a slow build like i i actually laughed through a lot of it and i i don't necessarily think i I tend to laugh at Disney films on first watching. Like I don't think Inside Out, you know, when the angry gets angry. Mm, like I don't mm. think when I watch that I laugh. That, but but there's some stuff in this film that really made me laugh. Um, obviously music and jazz music is a big part of the film. That's not mm, really a spoiler. Mm. It's about this character who is a jazz musician and and significant uh, storylines about his love of that and what that means. So obviously the music is beautiful. Um, but I would say like the last 30 minutes and how the story kind of resolves and what it makes you f- think about um, the, the narratives and the ideas that they're, they're saying is really, really deep. And, and I'd seen, I'd seen a headline of an article that I didn't read because I didn't want any spoilers. Someone suggesting that soul is maybe the first Disney animated film or maybe, the furthest they've pushed towards an adult audience. Adult, yeah. We yeah. were definitely an hour in and Fran was like, I don't know if kids would like get this or enjoy it. And it was kind of refreshing to watch a film that was funny in bits. And there were definitely bits that if you sat a seven-year-old down in front of it, they would en- enjoy and laugh. <laughs> but I think it was definitely a story aimed at both adults and kids. But but I, as like a 25-year-old, watched this and I was like, oh, this is this the key narrative is like directed at people who are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no longer children there's definitely everyone can learn the the same lesson if like children took that on board as a seven-year-old potentially it would lead to like a better life or whatever but but it was interesting to watch a film that was so directly and clearly aimed at adult disney consumers and i thought that was really refreshing yeah, i didn't nice. feel like it excuse me though Little Monday you got, morning hiccup. You got there. little hiccups. Um, yeah, I, I felt like the film was. I felt like a primary audience member in it, whereas I feel like sometimes Disney films, Pixar films, you can be like, "Ah, oh, there's something in this for me," but it's not aimed at me. Yeah. Whereas that the soul ends and you go, "Wow, I might be crying right now." Um, so yeah, <laughs> de- definitely watch it, man. It's only yeah. like an hour forty five minutes, I think, and. Yeah, you'll you'll definitely finish it, and you'll be like, "How have I not? How did I Watch, wait so long yeah, to, to, see I, this, yeah, to see this? To see this? Yeah, it's so it's true. it's really brilliant and really moving. And even if you're not a, a musician, and even if you hate jazz, like don't let that scare you off. Not you specifically, just people. Which no, you don't I, let that, yep. that scare that, you off. I don't think Disney would ever lean so heavily into one specific thing that it would isolate people who don't like that one. Like aspect of a of a hobby it's kind of just the way they're used to frame the storytelling but some also some very interesting voice actors in the film which i won't mention because all throughout the film i was like oh that person oh 
that person. Yes, um, yeah, I've, I've yeah. seen some of the cast. Yeah, yeah, and that was great because the film is so abstract in parts. They are, yep, this doesn't matter. Anyone could, <laughs> whatever country you're from or whatever gender you are. <laughs> like, yeah, but it was brilliant. I definitely recommend it next time you're feeling in a, a warm, homely kind of Disney way. I, I, it's not my favorite Disney film. I think mm-hmm. for anything to knock off Inside Out would have to work really hard. I think that's probably my number one. In the sense of, like, it doesn't. It's, Inside Out doesn't hold a nostalgic part of my life in the same way that, say, like, The Lion King or whatever it does. You know, yes. those are kind of two different beasts. But, uh, but it's definitely up there for me. I, I would need to watch it again before I put it in categories because I think I've seen every Disney film that I really, really like at least five times. But maybe it's a top three Disney film for me definitely i'd say probably yeah. a top five but no, yeah i this, agree this is all said for you to to go to, and to go in there and see my soul we actually did get halfway through watching and i was like hmm maybe i should have said to matt like watch this at the same time maybe that's something we do on sundays is we try and watch the same we film. watch the same so movie we have the same movie obviously then Cute. we can't recommend it to each other but yeah it would be oh true good, but maybe we can we can we can analyze it and come back you know yeah. Much like if we watch a Twilight film at the same time, we're going to have different opinions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Soul, Twilight, Twilight. Mm. It's we'll all. See. It's all content. <laughs> it's all film. <laughs> we can talk about it all the same. Um, True. But yeah, to, to anyone out there, uh, Soul, which is I think exclusively on Disney Plus. Yeah, I believe um, so. But I don't know if it's planning on having any kind of cinematic release obviously we're massively privileged to even be able to talk about it here i don't think it's in cinemas in new zealand but who knows it might have a run at some stage um but yeah definitely recommend it if you have access to to disney plus uh and i think that's yeah most of what i've been watching various uh reality tv things that have (laughs) been filling the blanks uh friends been watching the show bling empire which is supposedly really really good and like even the guardian has a reputable new source like gave it a really high rating as a reality tv show i know lots of people have been jumping on that um supposedly Hmm. it's in line with crazy rich asians but kind of in a reality sense i haven't watched any of it so i don't know anything about it but yeah lots of those sorts of things sphering around um and i don't know what this this week will entail in terms of tv and film still trucking along with ozark um nice there is this matt james season of the bachelor which uh, we were watching partly from my end because he's called matt james and you kind of get sucked <laughs> in and you start judging these people um which i don't feel bad for because that's what reality tv is uh, these people with strong is. personalities and that's exactly. why we watch it and these people knew exactly what they were <laughs> signing up for so i'll probably end up continuing to watch the season of of the bachelor and hey man i mean we are the bachelor so we are the bachelor gotta watch, that's gotta watch ourselves on tv yeah exactly yeah um, nice nice yeah well, I think that's a, I think that's a good place to, to, to finish it for the week. Yeah, we are the Bachelor. End of pod. We are the Bachelor. Done. Done. Um, <laughs> now nah, that was a lot of fun, man. Hey, thank thank you very much for the uh, for this new performance aspect that we will be bringing in uh, every every now and then, every few episodes. Um, and yeah, thank you everyone for coming in and listening to us again, the the Bros and Brews podcast. Um, as we say every time, if you want to check us out and keep up with the content, go check us out on Instagram and Facebook, the Bros and Brews podcast. Um, and yeah, let us know if you're enjoying an episode. Comment on the um, the posts that we're doing, and and yeah, just 
get get us excited if you're excited we're excited <laughs> yeah but, and i think with the new the new segment like the performance thing we don't really know what we want to do with it we think it's going to be pretty script braced but but we're genuinely interested if you are a listener and you have yeah. ideas of stuff that you'd like us to talk about or you'd be interested in please we're not just saying it for the sake of like send us your suggestions because our, our list of what we want to do is, is small and we want to explore different aspects of performance that might be interesting through like an uh oral medium so if you have any ideas please hit us up we would be genuinely interested in hearing them yeah definitely definitely and uh i guess uh i guess we we leave it there for this week so thank you very much james thank you bro um to everyone out there listening hope you're having a nice day hope the weather is glorious and if you're in the uk i know it's snowing in london uh if you're in america uh congratulations on your new your new president may things be sturdy moving forward and if you're somewhere else in the world i hope things are going okay for you uh and to everyone who's in new zealand our lovely kiwis uh thanks for listening and and yeah i guess all that's left to be said is we'll see you all next time peace